0: Atheist's Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We appreciate you tuning in and streaming this morning. Today is Sunday, November 3rd, 2019. I'm your host, Stephanie Zavan, and my guest today is Alex Jules. Maddie Love and David Norton are in the studio with me this morning as well. During this live show, we welcome your phone calls to 952-946-6205, emails to radio at minnesotaatheists.org, or questions on Twitter directed to atheists talk. Once upon a time, we thought artificial intelligence would be less racist than people. After all, machines are objective, right? And then we started teaching them how to think and made some discoveries of our own. So when racism permeates our society and our IT infrastructure, how do we teach machines to do better than we do? This morning, we're talking with Alex Jules about the point where technology, cognitive sciences, and sociology collide. Good morning, Alex, David, and Maddie. Welcome to Atheist's Talk.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having
0: me. So, Alex, when we're talking about artificial intelligence, what are we really talking about? Because I think people have uh, some wildly varying conceptions of that.
1: Well, we're we're actually using artificial intelligence today. What AI is, is machines that are learning to respond. And so we have algorithms and big, massive data sets that we're training those data sets on, and they create decision trees. And based on those decision trees, they're responding. And uh, with a lot of those responses, they're making predictions, statistical predictions on what might best suit or be the best response for either situation, behavior, and or a question. And so uh, probably the easiest way for most listeners to think about it is is a chat bot. So you get online and you want to have a conversation with customer service and you ask a question. Well, the question might sound like questions that the chat bot has uh, several responses on. It it may analyze tone, sentiment, the actual content of the question, and it'll come back with Um, hey, these are the five best responses for this particular question, but based on what I also know or infer from what you're asking, uh, predictably or statistically, this is probably the best response, here you go. And then uh, beyond that, it might make some additional statistical inferences on what you might be interested in. So that's a good example of what AI is at a really base fundamental uh, level. It is it is algorithms that are learning and responding. It, it can also be applied to other senses. So you can ask questions, but you can also use statistical sampling for uh, vision, which is, you know, I think Google has a wonderful vision API. Uh, just about everyone has, has a very good and evolving visual API that gets to, you know, take a look at people and and statistically uh, sample face and characteristics, et cetera, and say, hey, this is what, um, uh, th- this is who this person might be based on a certain error rate. And then it comes back and say, I think this, per- this is the person you're looking for, or I'll do some level of matching, et cetera. So those are the two areas of ai that people tend to um you know look at and they're in the mainstream today
0: all right so when we're looking at like facebook and facebook is asking us if we want to tag somebody's picture or even is like serving up ads that are just a little creepily close to um, things that we've talked about or shopped on or whatever we're, we're dealing with artificial intelligence
1: Already, yes. It, Pandora's box was open a long time ago. Okay,
0: and since I'm I'm bringing you on the radio to talk about this, what is your background in these issues?
1: Uh, my my background, I, I actually work as a strategy consultant for one of the larger companies that uh, that happens to do um, AI and cognitive um, cognitive computing. I'm just a strategy consultant for the worldwide cloud and data platform. For IBM. All right,
0: and you know, I, I introduced this as saying that we used to have a um, a, a pretty rosy outlook on AI and racism, um, but it's always worth I think talking about who we is, and and really I'm talking about um, popular cultures so of science fiction writers and futurists, and these aren't necessarily people deeply involved in developing technology. Was there a similar similar optimism in IT? I
1: think that yes, it, it is, and unfortunately, you know, the the idea of being colorblind um, that we see in popular culture permeates everywhere. So looking at AI systems or learning algorithms or the systems that sell themselves that create these systems and I'm talking about the developers, et cetera, we, we tend to look at diversity and not necessarily inclusion. So the biases that we see out in the wild uh, tend to trickle into um, those systems, those people, et cetera. So even when we start looking at you know, training the, the data sets on, hey, it should be more inclusive, not just diverse. You know, Some of the questions that we're asking, um, if you take a look at the, the people that are developing that, they don't have the backgrounds, um, that should be asking for, uh, you know, real inclusion. So they're not asking questions on on racial discrimination, gender bias, um, neurodivergent um, differences, etc. So, and same thing with uh, with with vision and accessibility. We're not asking those questions because the people that are at the table don't know to ask those questions.
0: How? Inclusive, would you characterize not just IT as a, as a field or a, um, as an industry, but specifically the people working on things like artificial intelligence?
1: It's not. I mean, I, if, if I were to answer the question directly, it's not. I mean, IT as a whole has not been very inclusive and or diverse most companies we, we tend to see the um, I think it's every year we get the technology diversity report and the everyone's missing their numbers they, they always have so Apple, Google, Facebook, etc all of the major players continuously miss their numbers and so you know and, and, and there's a question there as well is like when we talk about the digital divide, are we doing enough as, as a society? to uh, focus on training and closing the education gap that's going to onboard more uh, diverse candidates into these companies. So if we're not doing that, we're not addressing that, then you almost expect to see what you see at the development table, at the management table, um, and also in the councils that are beginning to talk about these issues. So it's it permeates... Um, and is almost somewhat exacerbated because of the high entry point that exists for getting into these positions. So you do have to go through some level of training. Fortunately, um, there's been enough controversy, conversation, question at some of these areas where, uh, at some of these companies where they're beginning to, quote unquote, lower their standards. It's not really lowering their standards. It's We don't have enough people to come in uh, and fill a lot of these jobs. And so, you know, removing some of those barriers is going to uh, help fix some of that. But one of the added benefits is if you remove that barrier, uh, that gives other uh, marginalized groups the ability to jump in and possibly catch one of those brass rings. It's not really very concerted, and we continue to have events at South by Southwest and other forums. Google has a wonderful sandbox um, program where they try and have conversations with diverse candidates, and hey, this is what our companies look like, same thing with you know IBM and Microsoft, um, but they're relatively new. And they're relatively immature. So, for an industry that I've been in in the industry for a little bit over 25 years, um, and I I grew up in it, and I have been the only person at the table at the in my department, and sometimes in my division, uh, the only person of color, sometimes the only. Male of color, male presenting person of color, um, for uh, almost 15 years. Right, so 15 years, I was the only one at the table, and then sitting across from our customers uh, outside of the federal government, where some of uh, some of that is mandated. You have to pay attention to these groups. Outside of that, you won't you you won't see a lot of black and brown IT folk making the big decisions.
2: So I'm curious, Alex, um, when you're talking about the, the these companies are going out and looking for people, what are they? Hope I can't hear. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Um, Maddie was asking when some of these companies are going out looking for people.
2: Um, What's their background that they're looking for? Yeah,
0: what are they looking for? And I think this kind of gets to um, our, our question as a whole. You know, How are they um, training themselves to look for people in ways that they're not finding diversity and inclusion?
1: They're not training themselves, which is kind of the problem until and unless there is big massive outcries from the public or from some of the academic institutions, et cetera, that say you have a problem, they're not focusing on it. There's also another problem that we're we're beginning to see, which is the filtering. Um, we're leveraging AI um, for uh, the applicant tracking systems, and we're getting very "quote unquote" smart about how we selectively um, apply those algorithms to okay. who, who who might be the best uh, the best candidates. I will so when you...
0: uh, come back to that when we get back from commercial. So please stay with us through the break, and we will return to Atheist's Talk with our guest Alex Jules. I'm Stephanie Zavan, and you're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
3: Hi, Gregory Rich, founder and chief at Habitation Furnishing and Design, and now I'd like to invite you to kill your Sunday evenings with me right here on AM 950 with Drink in the Style. It's a one-hour-long conversation about interior design, art, architecture, and pretty much anything else, visual and aesthetic, all while enjoying some booze handcrafted by our friends at Gianni's Steakhouse in downtown Wyzetta. Can you think of a better way to spend Sunday evenings? Drink in the
4: Style, Sundays, 5 p.m.
3: If you listen to AM 950 regularly, you have heard about the work Better Futures Minnesota does and the services they offer. Join AM 950 Radio for an important breakfast dialogue and fundraiser to support them and their reintegration support services. This transformational breakfast is on Tuesday, November 5th at the Town and Country Club in St. Paul from 7 a.m. to 8.30. This fundraiser will celebrate Better Futures Minnesota's impact and invites allies like you to join them in continuing to build a movement to end the revolving door of Minnesota prisons and help men build a better life for themselves, their families, and their communities. Guest speaker Dr. Tommy Watson will lead an inspiring conversation about how we can work together to make real social and environmental impact by turning transitions into triumphs. Please consider supporting Better Futures Minnesota individually with a donation of your choice or at the gold, bronze, or silver level for the breakfast. Go to am950radio.com and click on the link to register or go to eventbrite.com and search for Better Futures Minnesota.
5: Hi, my name is Mickey McCabe and I'm the owner of Cucumber's Restaurant at 75th and Francine Dinah. If you've never been to Cucumbers, it's a buffet-style restaurant with a huge variety of salads, homemade soups, bakery items, and hot entrees that change daily and nightly, plus our always fresh fruit and delicious ice cream. We're open for lunch and dinner, but Sunday brunch is my favorite time at Cucumbers. With scrambled eggs, waffles, french toast, bacon, sausage, baked ham, chicken fajitas, brunch potatoes, warm gooey cinnamon rolls, and many other items to choose from, It's no wonder why Cucumbers has always been a popular Sunday destination. So whether you're looking to skip Mass, some place to go after Mass, or just great food to maintain your Mass, Cucumbers is the answer to your prayers. Bring in your church bulletin or Minnesota Atheist newsletter and receive a $2 discount off the buffet price. Cucumbers, one heavenly buffet at 75th and France in Edina.
6: don't believe in God? Join the club. Humanists, atheists, and freethinkers have joined the American Humanist Association since 1941 to advocate for progressive values and equality for non-theists in America. Located in Washington, D.C., the American Humanist Association lobbies Congress on Humanist Issues, protects the rights of atheists in the courts, and supports more than 140 local chapters. Visit us at AmericanHumanist.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter to learn how you can join the club today.
0: To AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is Atheists Talk, and I'm your host, Stephanie Zavan. Join us after the show today at Cucumbers Restaurant for brunch. Bring a copy of the Atheist Weekly email for your discount and ask to be seated with Minnesota Atheists. This is a live show, and we welcome questions at 952 946 6205, emailed to radio at minnesotaatheists.org or on Twitter or Facebook. Today's guest is Alex Jules. Welcome back, Alex. Thank you. So as we were going to break, um, you were bringing up the fact that we are now uh, working to automate the hiring process, um, kind of in general, but uh, the, the topic was specifically um, how that affects who is working on AI. Um, so this is a really a, a recursive problem at this point
1: yeah absolutely so um, w- we thought that introducing artificial intelligence and uh, smart analytics would help remove some of the biases in the hiring practices but turns out that when you have such a large volume of people applying for jobs <clears throat> that it, it it might make sense to leverage artificial intelligence to do some of the sorting and some of the ranking the problem is when we look at what good looks like the definition of good um, has some of those biases and so therefore we're looking for people that look like what we think good is without necessarily looking at what else we might want to introduce and so if historically um, good look like, um, let's say, you know, a um, uh, it, it has been historically white men in many of these positions. We're looking for some of the same patterns. So although we're we're trying not to discriminate on on names, we're looking for uh, people with experiences that uh, that require a lot of access and or capital to get versus a minority group or black men, black women, et cetera, that may want to get the same jobs, but they, they may never surface. And I so, think the
0: most striking example of that I saw recently in the news, um, and I'm not sure it was connected to AI, but just the kinds of hiring processes that we sometimes use, was um, people looking for candidates who had experience in the same kind of elite sports that they did. So sports that are only played basically by rich kids.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's the kind of not work-related stuff that we're talking about that falls under culture fit?
1: Yes. Okay. Yep. 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 And, and, And now you're applying those same biases to a mass... You know, mass numbers. So instead of the ten or fifteen that hiring managers could look at and potentially examine themselves, you may get a thousand or several hundred, and so people are very much incented to or incentivized to use these systems. But these systems have those systematic uh, and s- systemic biases that are just being applied electronically.
0: All right. So let's take this um, outside the the realm of just hiring um well actually first before we move on what should we really be looking for when we are are wanting to hire people into this you know we talk about um diversity and inclusion but david pointed out to me over the break um we don't necessarily define those so much as make them buzzwords (laughs)
1: um well, I, I I think that needs to be a cultural discussion that happens in the workplace. What do what do we want our workplace to look like? Um, and you know, it I know that it, it evokes difficult conversations around quota systems, et cetera. And we like to believe things are equal, but when we're Looking at equity, um, really trying to focus on bringing in the candidates that um, that you know maybe look like the market that you're trying to target, um, because statistically again we do know that diversity um, in technology uh, helps with innovation, etc. So. So removing some of the, maybe the, some of the buzzwords maybe uh, allow for um, less perfect uh, candidates to, or resumes, not candidates, less perfect resumes to actually surface. Because maybe this is the first time uh, one of those students uh, may, may come from a lower level school uh, in technology and maybe not the Harvard and MITs, et cetera. But just as good, so it has to be a cultural decision to do it.
0: all right um, so let's move on to uh, another bit of recent news. Um, the thing that really pushed me to do this as a show um, there was just a bunch of reporting about the fact that United Health was using an algorithm to decide who got what kind of care. And and when we say what kind of care, we're talking about, um, you know, high technology care versus low technology care, intensive treatment versus uh, less intensive treatment, that sort of thing. And when they audited that, um, when the the New York State Department of, of Health audited that, they discovered that that algorithm was... Um, assigning black people a lower quality and aggressiveness of care. Um, is this the the kind of thing that
1: we're we're looking at when
0: we're yes. talking about racism? And,
1: and... yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so this this winds up being a consequence of not being inclusive. So this wasn't something that was planned in. This is just a consequence of and it is a consequence of not looking at the problem holistically or more broadly Um, and and so in the united health care instance what they were doing was looking at uh, income they were looking at previous health uh, care issues etc and they were using those to make statistical decisions however when you take a look at the U.S. as just a number um, or, or, and look at the demographics, well, you're going to have a statistically less numbers of black and brown that are going into the system because of the cost of healthcare, et cetera, those particular barriers. So you don't have a lot of data sets to train the systems on. And so as a result, um, you might see some income issues that are tied to class as a primary factor, or primary variable, impact black and brown people uh, significantly more. So yeah, you're beginning to see that. Um, Same thing when we talk about uh, facial recognition in policing, kind of have the same problem, where the number of data sets, or the the quality of the data sets that are used in training these systems aren't really equity-based, they're not really good in general and so when you say hey this facial recognition software has an error rate of um of you know less than you know 95 percent," which is which isn't bad right so the number of false positives is really good and then when you start breaking those down when it comes to women when it comes to uh minorities you, you wind up seeing you know people with darker skin etc the error rates are closer to 40 50 percent
0: all right and, we need to go to right? break we'll return to that when we come back please stay with us through the break and we'll return to atheists talk with our guest alex Jules. this is Stephanie Zavan, and you're listening to am 950 ktnf the progressive voice of minnesota I'm Candy Braffle, publisher of the Twin Cities
6: edition of Natural Awakenings Magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com
7: marijuana legalization might not mean a lot to you professionally but it may to your clients and employees bankers and investors property owners and landlords Minnesota Lawyer has got your back with the CanCon Business Symposium on Wednesday, November 6th at The Depot, Minneapolis. Denver-based researcher the Marijuana Policy Group will present data on the economic impact legislation has had in Colorado and how that might translate to Minnesota. You'll hear from professionals in other states that legalized marijuana about what's at stake for you. Human resources professionals can learn about the effects on employees and how the hiring process could change. Attorneys will learn how to protect their clients. Commercial real estate brokers and agents. Will hear about investment opportunities from an expert panel. Speakers include Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry, Speaker of the House Ryan Winkler, and Senators Melissa Franzen, Jeff Hayden, and Scott Jensen, as well as several Minnesota business leaders. Learn strategies that work at the CanCon Business Symposium on Wednesday, November 6th at the Depot, Minneapolis. Register now at canconmn.com.
8: Atheists, secular humanists, and free thinkers. Here you are listening to the Minnesota Atheists Talk Radio Show, Atheists Talk. We hope you are enjoying it. If having a frankly atheist perspective on the radio waves appeals to you, please consider making a contribution to our radio fund. Our contract came up for renewal, and we need your help if you want the program to stay on the air. That will make sure that you can continue to have opportunities to hear interesting speakers with non-religious perspectives, and you can call up and ask them questions, too. Get the details on our website at minnesotaatheists.org, where you will find buttons to make it easy to make a secure donation through PayPal. Or, if you have a business and would like to reach an intelligent, progressive audience, please contact us through our website. That's minnesotaatheists.org. Or call us at 612-588-7031. If you are interested in us, we are interested in you
6: don't believe in God? Join the club. Humanists, atheists, and freethinkers have joined the American Humanist Association since 1941 to advocate for progressive values and equality for non-theists in America. Located in Washington, D.C., the American Humanist Association lobbies Congress on Humanist Issues, protects the rights of atheists in the courts, and supports more than 140 local chapters. Visit us at AmericanHumanist.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter to learn how you can join the club today.
5: With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Today, mostly cloudy with a high near 48. Tonight, chance of showers, cloudy with a low around 33, and Monday, cloudy with a high near 40.
7: Save at least $1,270 on a new furnace during standard heating and air conditionings. Don't wait for winter sale. Because winter won't wait, and neither will these savings. Learn more about this limited-time deal at standardheatingdeals.com. Standard Heating. Comfort you deserve.
0: Welcome back to Atheists Talk on AM 950 KTNF, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. I'm your host, Stephanie Zavan. Atheists Talk is an unusual show. Very few places in the U.S. can someone randomly turn on commercial radio and hear a bunch of atheists talking about topics that interest them. Much of the work to keep us on the air is done by a dedicated group of volunteers, but we need your help too. Today, we'd like to thank in particular Steve and Shirley for their recent donation. If you'd like to make a tax deductible donation to our radio fund, please visit MinnesotaAtheists.org or search for Atheists Talk on Patreon and sign up for exclusive content. I mean, if this is what we're talking on, about in the clear, you just imagine what our, our extras are like. <laughs> <laughs> Atheists. Maddie's heard some of them. I'm just
2: saying it's a little more colorful sometimes.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Atheist Stock is produced with funding from Minnesota Atheists, American Atheists, and Cucumber's Restaurant. If you'd like to advertise on this program, please contact us at radio at minnesotaatheists.org. Our mem- music is composed by member Brent Michael Davids and used with permission. Opinions on this, expressed on the show are solely those of the speakers. You can find Minnesota Atheists' public policy positions at minnesotaatheists.org. Consider becoming a member of Minnesota Atheists if you're not already, support our work, and help steer our future direction. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call us at 952-946-6205, email us to radio at Atheists.org or find Atheists Talk on Twitter or Facebook. Alex Jules is talking with us this morning about what we're teaching artificial intelligences about race. Um, So before we went to commercial, we were talking about um, – we were talking about basically how we are –
2: Like how we have racism built into algorithms based on like where people – like your data set itself is corrupted.
0: Yeah, we were talking about really – about how the questions that we ask – Um, affect the answers that we get which should be obvious but okay I guess not always that's why we're doing the show Um, and we were talking a bit about uh, um, the data that we have you were talking about specifically um, data used in the the criminal justice system I think what kinds of, of problems do we have in that
1: data, uh, so we, we we actually have two really big ones. The first one is the false positives. So when people go out there, or when when companies go out there and sell their um, their facial recognition software, they're saying that hey, my facial recognition software has you know extremely low error rates, and that is based on. Um, the assumption of the aggregate, right? So, if I look at uh, white men, for instance, it, there is because of the training sets and the training data that went in, and because of physics, um, it is much easier to uh, get accuracy rates really high with white men. Then, when we take a look at um, uh, people with much darker skin and women, the numbers aren't as aren't, aren't as good. I mean, I think Joe uh, Joy. Um and well, Weenie actually did a paper a few years ago, back in 2017 through 2018, where she went looking at what the error rates were and and did a deep dive into those data sets. And the numbers for black and brown people, the, um, the accuracy rates were closer to anywhere between 50 and 60 percent. And so when when you're looking at such a high error uh, rate and false positive, for people that are being policed uh, or over-policed by now machinery, uh, you can't accept those numbers. And yet we're potentially convicting people based on uh, placing them where they they shouldn't be or putting burdens on them to prove that they weren't where they are now claimed to be. Uh, So that was number one. So what's feeding the data, uh, the data sets is wrong the training on the data sets is wrong but also there's not really any legislation or an ability for people to opt out we're not talking about active consent when you're going down there and also you know let's take a look at you know Times Square so in, in if we started using facial recognition software everywhere as we know that um, uh, NYPD had instituted a program, where they were using it for profiling, um, people aren't aware that they're being monitored in many of these situations. So people don't have the ability to consent or potentially opt out. And then on top of that, there's no legislation in the US anyway, that kind of dictates what those rules need to be in the eu they are spending a little bit more time talking about it you know we have you know the whole reason everyone had to is still accepting cookies was because of a big law in the uh, a big legal change in in, uh, in the european union the gdpr which addresses privacy of their digital citizens so you know you you have this and and there's some financial teeth associated with those as well you know 20 million up to 20 million dollars big percentage of your revenue if there are data breaches etc you have to give people the option and the ability to opt out of what you do with their data so so one is the bad training but then there's no legislation on top of uh, of what we do with the bad systems well
0: and Facial recognition, obviously, is not the only part of the, the criminal justice system this affects. Uh, I think there was something a few years ago about um, sentencing guidelines where the, the, there was an attempt to turn it over to an algorithm that would predict um, recidivism. And it ended up predicting that, um, that, that black and brown people would be rearrested. But that doesn't, I mean, even though that's true, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're being arrested because they're committing more crimes?
1: Yeah, correct. This is this. this is where, where people will, will say, hey, this is a fact, but without the context, the statistics lie, right? You can twist it into anything. So yes, you may say that recidiv- recidivism is high in those communities, but... Uh, sociologically speaking, why is that the case? And we have decades of research that shows that it's over-policing. It is um, unfair. Um, It it is um, opportunity, the lack of opportunity. It is applying unfair sentencing guidelines to those communities, uh, et cetera. So again, this is one of those all you're doing is automating the bad policy. All you're doing is um, uh, institutionalizing, uh, or technically in using the, uh, using the uh, ins- use it, leveraging institutionalized racism and just automating it.
0: What kind of of pushback are we seeing? Um, you know, are we still trying to treat machines like they are? Um, more objective than we are?
1: Um, we do know that the problem exists. And there are various researchers who are working at addressing it. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, Joy uh, Bulamwini and the MIT lab. There's another researcher, um, Francesca Rossi at IBM, who's also working on that. But uh, as, as it begins to bubble up and these issues begin to surface, Academics are beginning to focus on it. The companies, not so much yet. We, it's going to take significantly more legal pressure for companies like Facebook to respond and do something and change policy. And again, it's going to going to take um, people looking at um, you know Americans or people in um, in the U.S. as digital systems and or digital citizens. And we haven't made that shift yet. We're significantly behind in this conversation.
0: So part of the problem here is is profit motive without any controls against it? Is is that a, an issue that we have in this society? That's,
1: that's, it, it, it's almost as if it, it wasn't a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> that was gold. <laughs> How aware are...
2: You know, like I'm thinking, like in my own field in in, in healthcare, uh, I was educating some folks on like trans and, and issues, and somebody was like, "I've never heard some of these terms before." I'm like, "You're a vice president of, of a major healthcare corporation." <laughs> when it comes to like this this topic, how aware are like the comp- the people at the top of the company who, who can make like big unilateral decisions?
1: How yeah, how aware are they? Um, they are. They are aware, but remember, they are subject to um, stakeholder pressure, right? So they're still responding to, you know, is this going to impact financially um, the the company? And so that's still, that profit motive is always going to be in the middle of this without any legislation. But they're aware. They're very aware. That's what I was afraid of.
0: They're just yeah. not writing it in their
1: proposals. Correct. Now, uh, you know, as, again, as some of them, um, you know, IBM happens to be one of are paying attention to, um, you know, corporate responsibility, social responsibility. Uh, They are beginning to focus on what sustainability means. And when you look at um, the United Nations sustainability development goals, one of those goals is racial justice, et cetera. But even those councils, they're still working on trying to figure out what AI means. Again, Pandora was let out the box a a while ago. We are we are working in and with automation all around us. And the decision-making is already being automated for us. So, you know, it's it's one of those, it's, it's trying to, this is the conversation that we should have had 30 years ago um, because this was all kind of predicted. We've, we've you know, Asimov has talked about it, Kurtzweil has talked about it, et cetera. So we saw this coming, we just, it's it, and it still snuck up on us,
0: <laughs> almost like we didn't care.
2: Yeah, because I'm <laughs> thinking, you know, we should have we should have addressed this 30 years ago, but we still had the main obstacle of the racism inherent society 30 years ago. Then we're still fighting that.
1: Uh, correct, and then just, you you have have the denialism that goes with that. Right, and we just have to like get past the discomfort
2: and allowing people yeah. to even come to the table to put people in a position to make a decision.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I'm. And we need to go to commercials soon, so I'm not sure how much we'll be able to get into this. But, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, frankly, there is an industry that looks at this data and writes pieces, sometimes even for scientific journals that basically say, but what if these people are worse. What if these people are not as qualified? What if these people are more criminal? What if, what if, what if? And it literally is. It's an industry. Um, Alex, when we come back, I would really like to talk about how that affects this. Okay. So please, stay with us through the break, and we'll return to Atheist's Talk Talk with our guest, Alex Jules. I'm Stephanie Savan. You're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
9: If you're struggling with what to give someone for a holiday, birthday, welcome gift, or to say thank you, try an affordable, easy, and unique gift, a You Betcha box. What are they? Curated Minnesota gift boxes that include delicious Minnesota-made gourmet goodies. And with a name like You Betcha, you know it's local. You Betcha boxes are a real-world example of what we can achieve when we support and nurture one another. Featuring a variety of fun, Minnesota-themed options, there is sure to be something for everyone. Every box also includes the Artisan Maker Profiles, your gift recipient will enjoy reading about these amazing award-winning products and the interesting stories of the Minnesotans behind them. You Betcha boxes are perfect for family and friends across the country and make great business gifts that will show your employees, co-workers, and clients your appreciation. Just go to UbetchaBox.com and browse through the wide variety of local Minnesota-made gift boxes. Shipping is always included in the price. There is sure to be something that will leave a lasting impression. That's UbetchaBox.com.
5: Hi, my name is Mickey McCabe. I'm the owner of Cucumber's Restaurant at 75th and France in Many who have dined at Cucumber's are of the opinion that our buffet has evolved from an older, more country-style buffet. They look at our 50-foot salad bar and can imagine a smaller ancestor with far fewer choices. An ancestor that didn't offer as many hot selections or have a bakery with fresh baked muffins and breads, didn't offer homemade soups and lacked the fresh fruit and ice cream bar that Cucumber's customers have grown to love. But some will say, where are the transitional buffets? In addition, they look at everything that we offer and say that cucumbers is irreducibly complex. If you were to move just one of our offerings, the entire buffet wouldn't function. Well, I would like to think that Cucumbers was intelligently designed, since I helped design it. But at the same time, it truly is an evolutionary step up the buffet ladder. And as always, if you bring in your atheist newsletter or church bulletin, you will receive a $2 discount off the buffet price. Cucumbers, one heavenly buffet at 75th and France, Nidina.
4: I've never met another atheist. Sure you have. Non-believers make up 12% of the population. Then where are they? You can meet us at book clubs, pub crawls, discussion groups, movie nights, monthly meetings. Okay, I get it. How am I going to keep track of all this? Easy. Sign up for Minnesota Atheist Meetup Group and subscribe to AWE. What's a meetup group? Meetup is an online networking site that helps people build communities. We have over 700 members with at least two events every week. And what is A-W-E? It stands for Atheist Weekly Email. It comes out every Friday and lists everything that's going on. How do I sign up? Go to the Minnesota Atheists website, minnesotaatheists.org. On the left, click on the words, Get Awe Inspired. And for the meetup? Look for the red meetup badge on the right. Above it are the words, click here to check out the meetup group.
0: I'm sold. Minnesota Atheists, Meetup, and AWE. What's that website again?
4: MinnesotaAtheists.org.
0: Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is Atheists Talk, and I'm your host, Stephanie Zavan. Today's guest is Alex Jules, talking with us about racism and artificial intelligence. Welcome back, Alex. So, before we went to commercial, I mentioned that I wanted to um, basically talk about the industry of of racism denialism um, and how that. Affects our ability to deal with these issues as we encounter them with AI. Is that a significant factor?
1: It is. It is. Um, I'm sure there's a joke about the Illum- Illuminati in there somewhere. Um, but the, but but the reality is, yeah, there there is. Um, th- there's always resistance to the status. Well, there's always. Resistance in changing the status quo because it does destabilize power. It does shift some of the resources, uh, et cetera. And, and you know, we keep using the pie you not uh, pie analogy. I'm, I'm not throwing away the pie. I'm just, you know, I'm just expanding the size of the pie. You can still have just as much if you just share a little bit more. Um, but yeah, there racism—racism racism denial is is a problem, um, and. Quite often, when we get into these conversations, it is show me the data, show me the data, and it winds up being there are volumes of data out there. You can go out to the AMA where it, it, it actually has a journal that talks about that. Um, there's various bio uh, bioethics councils for AI that are set up. You know, Stanford has one, MIT has one, Harvard has them as, as well uh the center for bioethics talks about it there are various publications in pubmed and cbi uh, nist is working on standards when it comes to uh ai these conversations are happening internationally as well and the uk has been grappling with this a little bit more because they because of their use or their advanced use of facial recognition software, of what should we be doing when it comes to that, and same thing with smart cities, right? That's another area uh, with urban planning that we're 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 beginning to tackle with because the cities have to get smarter to be sustainable. So when we're talking about um, about accessibility, when we're talking about transport, when we're talking about access and and leveraging technology to let people um uh come in and and who we're denying you know these questions are being asked and the data is is out there um but you know even in academics where if if you're not taking on the humanities piece of this if you're not Really standing up and saying, "Hey, philosophically, can we have this conversation?" These are moral issues, moral dilemmas, um, and you're just using just the data to try and craft a backward story. You're never going to going to get the whole picture. I mean, it it winds up coming down to you know, it's it's the trolley, it's the trolley dilemma. Right? Uh, we're going to get the um, (laughs) uh, more and more autonomous vehicles out there, and these cars are going to have to make decisions. Who do they they kill, right? Um, Very uncomfortable conversation to have. Do we want to ensure that we've got um, the right people at that conversation, uh, or at that table? But also, it's one of those, well, if I have to make a decision, which one, am I bringing my own biases, to the table, but also, can I even see the black person? I mean, really, what? these are some of the, some of the additional secondary and ancillary conversations that, that need to happen. I see a white person there, I see a black person there, but because of the technology and systems, I can't actually see that other black person there because I didn't think about it when I was developing the hardware so that it could see darker shades and so all i see is a shadow so instead of killing one person i knew now kill two was that the right thing to do so this is one of those areas where inclusion not just diversity but inclusion um at the table at the beginning of the process before we get into the decision makings um you know really has impact
2: that is the scariest thing i've heard all day
0: yeah i mean well and you've brought this up a couple of times with with cameras, um, the fact is that film was developed to be uh, most responsive and and give best pictures when taking pictures of white people, and right. that's something that has continued as we have benchmarked digital cameras against film, that kind of thing. So that's that's a bias that has been you know built into the system for more than a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um...
2: I just hate it when there's things like that. I know, mm-hmm. like I know that like you, the uh, the idea that, that self-driving cars wouldn't see a person of color versus versus me, a white woman, it's like I, I guess I mean like I knew that the technology had the biases in there already, but I didn't like put the two pieces together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just one more example of like you brought up, Alex, why you need to have people at the table from the get go, because like you can be you it. it it was like on my part, it's like a complete, you no know, pun intended, like blindsided. Like I totally was not even thinking about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: So we we have some uh, pretty sober faces uh, yeah. here in the booth. Um, <laughs> you know, you've talked a little bit about what, what companies can do, um, what researchers need to focus on. Those of us sitting at home just with our jaws kind of dropped, what can we do about this?
1: Don't 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 wait for the uh, don't wait for the robot uprising to, to get <laughs> activated uh, on, on this topic. Uh, your your peers outside of the US are are having this conversation and you should too. Um call and write your senators. I know that it seems that, you know, politically there's there's a bit of a deadlock, but Um, I know back in 2018, there were a few senators, including uh, Senator Harris, that was was approached on this particular topic on how we deal with the legislation and regulations for AI. So write them, challenge the system. Um, We should be working on active consent, right? So get educated on what that means and what that means to you, not just the people around you. and then also, uh, we, we have a little bit of a roadmap when it comes to privacy. Uh, and that was GDPR. We should have something like that. Again, talk to your Congress people, talk to your senators. Um, get them thinking at least um, about that. I know, I know it, it might seem you know like it's a waste of time, especially when you hear some of the conversations that uh, people in the House or some of the questions that the people in the House and Senate uh, uh, pose, people like Zuckerberg, etc. But don't let that throw you out. Don't throw you off. Don't be cynical about it. You still need to make sure that you get some level of digital representation. It's something that that you need um, and, and just get the conversation going.
0: All right. Thank you so much. We have been talking with Alex Jules. I'd like to thank our audience as well for tuning in to Atheist's Talk. This is Stephanie Zavann, your host. Please join us again next Sunday. I'm proud to be on the air with Minnesota Atheists, and I hope that you appreciate the show. This show depends on the generous support of our members, our sponsors, and our donors. Please consider supporting the show through the donation link at minnesotaatheists.org. This is Atheist's Talk on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Have a great Sunday.